We're grateful that you've made the decision to uh, be with us this morning, uh, that we could uh, share this time together. We live in a, and I guess I might say an interesting society, um, a society that is a whole lot uh, of its intent is to please self. And so some have penned the idea that we are, we are the I society, that everything really that we do, the things that we try to accomplish is for me. Um, this morning, what I want us to uh, spend our time looking at is that as followers of God and of Christ, we should have already come to the conclusion that that's not the way we want to live. Because self is not going to get us into eternity with God. God is going to do that if we've lived a life of faithfulness to him. We cannot do it on our own. It's interesting to me that throughout God's word there are two things that seem to go together. One is pleasing God and the other is prospering. And when we hear the word prospering, we, we might have a variety of ideas of what, what that might be. But I think when Paul wrote to the Ephesian Christians and he said, all spiritual blessings are found in Christ, he understood what really prospering meant. It was having a relationship with God and with Christ that is special. In the reading that John read for us from Proverbs chapter 3, There's some things that I want you to just kind of take note of as we, as we begin this morning. He said, don't forget the teachings. Length of days and years of life and peace will be added. Don't let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablets of your heart. And then verse 4 says, So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. And so as we look at this passage this morning, there are 
several thoughts that we want to share and several passages of scripture that we want to we want to refer you to but the first section that i want you to be thinking about is the idea of trust in the lord with all your heart and so what that means is basically to have a kind of faith and confidence in god that he will accomplish exactly what he wants History would have been quite different, wouldn't it, if Adam and Eve had have trusted God? Psalms chapter 18 and verses 1 and 2 say this. I love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. Do you get the idea? that David trusted in God. And these are only two verses that would help us to appreciate that. Job chapter 13 and verse 15 says, Though he slay me, I will hope, I will trust in him. Just let that, let that go through your brain and think about that for a little bit. <laughs> Job was in a very bad state. He had boils from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. He was in agony. And he came to the conclusion that if, if this torment that was on him physically killed him, he said, I will still hope and I will trust in him. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, pardon me, chapter 1 beginning at verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, and we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves in order that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead. Who delivered us from a great peril of death and will deliver us. 
he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. You also joining in helping us through your prayers, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed upon us through the prayers of many. It's interesting that the Apostle Paul uses the same two words as Job does in hope and trust. So, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It seems to me when we think about pleasing God, that when we take that seriously, he will be pleased. The second instruction that the wise man gives in the Proverbs for us to contemplate is, do not lean on your own understanding. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23 says, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. In Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, it says this, There is a way which seems right to man, but it ends in the way of death. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And then, on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this. Not everyone, said, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. And so think about the idea of not leaning on our own understanding and thinking somehow that I can get these things accomplished in and of myself, separate and apart from pleasing God. Because it's a battle that you won't win. The third thing that we want to notice from the passage. The wise man said, In all your ways acknowledge him. What, what, what does that mean to you? Think about that. In all your ways, acknowledge him. It, 
It seems to me that we, we need to realize that our acknowledging him is not confined to the period of time that we gather in this facility and worship God on Sunday morning or gather on Wednesday night for Bible class. Because that's just, that's just a very short period of the time for a week. I'm always, as I think about that, I'm always reminded of a very good friend and encourager that I had when I was in my early 20s. His name was George Binkley. He was an executive, an engineer with Imperial SO. And an individual, they asked, an individual asked him one day, really, what was his occupation? And he said, my occupation is being a Christian. But I work for Imperial Esso to pay the expenses. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Whatever you happen to be doing. When Moses received the Ten Commandments as given by God, and as they were recorded for us in Exodus chapter 20, I want you to notice the, first, the three verses from 3 through 5. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or, or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers and the children on the third and fourth generations, and those are those who hate me. John chapter 4 and verse 20, 24. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Acts chapter 17. The Apostle Paul is in Corinth, and this is what he says, chapter 18, beginning at verse 22. And Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and all the things in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, 
does not dwell in temples made with hands. Neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he made from one every nation of mankind to live on, uh, on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they should seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For to him, for in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own prophets have said, for we also are his offspring. Being then the offspring of God, we ought not to think of, of that, think that that divine nature is like gold or silver or stone or any image formed by art and the thought of men. Therefore, having overlooked the time of ignorance, God is now declaring to every man that all everywhere should repent. Because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through the man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Psalm 111 and verse 9. It's an interesting verse, and if you have access to the King James Version of the Bible, you will find this to be rather interesting because this is the only place in the Bible where God is referred to as reverend. Holy and reverend is his name. New American Standard Translation uses the word awesome. The idea of inspiring and reverence that exists when we consider and when we contemplate God in all your ways acknowledge him. Fourth, do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 16, Paul says, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Daniel chapter 4. And verse 29. This is concerning a dream and the fulfillment of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. Twelve months later, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. The king reflected and said, Is this not Babylon the Great, which I myself have built 
as a royal residence by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared sovereignty has been removed from you. And you will be delivered away from mankind, and your dwelling place will be with the beasts of the field. You, you will be given grass to eat like cattle. Seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. King Nebuchadnezzar reflected and looked around and said, look at all that I have done. <laughs> and God said, <laughs> just to help you remember who you are and how you've been blessed, you're going you're gonna to eat grass in the field with the cattle for a while until you learn a lesson. Do not be wise in your own understanding and in your own eyes. In Proverbs chapter 3, where we've already looked at and heard it read this morning, but I want you to notice again um, verses 7 and verse 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Finally, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of your produce. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 Jesus said Do not lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And beginning at verse 7. Let's let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart. Not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God, God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. 
as it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness abides forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Spiritual giving honors God. I want you to think about this for a moment this morning. If we stop giving to God, we also stop loving him. And so a personal reflection this morning. Are you and I pleasing God? Something that I can't answer for you and you can't answer for me. But it seems to me that the wise man Solomon, as he wrote the words that we've been sort of zeroing in on this morning, he understood the things that need to be part of our life if, if in fact, we're going to be pleasing God. Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul says this in the first two verses. I urge you, therefore, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. On Key to the Kingdom, the last uh, couple of Fridays and the presentation that they are replaying that Max uh, taught. He was spending time in, in Luke chapter 15. And it's interesting that the three parables that, that are listed there in chapter 15, each of them when they conclude they talk about the rejoicing that takes place in heaven when sinners repent. God wants us to live lives that are pleasing to him. And so he gives us instruction so that we might, we might know the kind of things that he wants from us. And the interesting thing to me is none of the things that he wants are impossible for us. You know, I, I, could be, I could be rather discouraged if there was things that God wanted for me that I couldn't accomplish. I couldn't do. But all the things that he wants from you and me, we can do. And the reason we can do them is because God gave us a mind to choose to choose the things that we want to do and the things that we want to put in, in priority in our lives. And so, encouragement to you this morning 
is put pleasing God as a priority in your life. Conclude with this passage. Words from the Apostle Paul as he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9. Paul says, Therefore also we have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. May God bless us as we work at pleasing our God.